Hey everybody, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're so glad that you are catching up with us. All our services are online at the moment, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy this encouraging message from our pastoral team. Hello church. What was that incredible worship that we just had? I want to thank our team uh, for continuing to facilitate uh, opportunities for us to worship God. Uh, in fact, this morning, we're going we're to look a little bit at worship. So I want to encourage you. I know now we have actually been online for 23 weeks, which is incredible. And it can sometimes feel like uh, it's got a bit of a same, same sense to it. But I want to encourage you right now to engage. I want to encourage you to lean in because this morning I believe that uh, God has something that He wants to say to you. Uh, I believe that out of His Word this morning, He wants to speak to you about Himself, about the relationship that He wants to have with you. And I actually believe it's going to be really critical uh, in in this season that we find ourselves in, but also uh, just for you personally and us corporately uh, as we move forward in our lives. So lean in this morning as we, uh, essentially we're going to close out our series that we have been in. Uh, It's been called Deeper. It's been focused on the story we're told uh, from the Gospel of John about Jesus Uh, And the interaction that he had with a Samaritan woman. And it happened around this place called Jacob's Well. Uh, It's a real place. Uh, We're talking about real people, real conversations, real encounter with Jesus. And what we are able to learn from that and apply to our lives. And I'm going to close it out today. This is going to be the last week that we look at this story. Uh, Getting ready for Father's Day and then vision coming very soon. Really excited about that. Um, But I just want to pray, if that's all right, very quickly as we jump into the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you that it is uh, living. God, it, is, it has life in it for us. It has wisdom in it for us. I pray this morning that you would speak to your people. God, I thank you that at the end of the day, you are God. And this is your church. And these are your people. Uh, so Lord, speak, guide, uh, restore, forgive. Uh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. So let's dive into our story. John chapter 4, if you've been with us all four weeks or catching up on YouTube, uh, we haven't really moved. Uh, It's been John 4, so you can go straight there. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation this morning. I I personally love uh, some of the freshness that is on this translation at the moment. Uh, And so we're going to read from that. It says this, starting in verse 15. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said, go and get your husband, bring him back here, but I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times and now the man you're living with is not your husband. You have told the truth. It's always good to tell Jesus the truth, right? Like, you know, uh, we should not ever uh, have these pretenses up when we're having a conversation with Jesus. If we're praying, it's not helpful to pretend everything's okay, right? Like like Jesus already knows if you're not okay, or he also knows if you're doing really well, but pretending you're one thing when you're praying really isn't helping you connect with him. And so I love that he says here, ah, you've told the truth, that's a good thing. Uh, Because what it's done is positioned her to actually be able to have an authentic, genuine conversation with Jesus about where she's at. 
I wonder how many of us, maybe even in fear of God's response to us, hide where we're really at. And in doing so, actually restrict what God is able to do in our lives, through our lives, and what type of relationship we end up having with Him when ultimately we're always hiding behind either a mask or a pretense. So anyway, that was for free. That wasn't in my notes. But maybe, maybe God just wanted to say to you this morning, hey, it's okay. I already know. I already know. I actually just want you to talk to me about it. So, you know, I personally thrive with, with habits, right? I, I, I'm a systems guy and I love to structure systems. I love to structure my life to have systems uh, so that I have a confidence or I guess an expectation that the things that I like to do, the things that bring me a sense of accomplishment and achievement, they are systematically factored into my life. And so I recognize that I thrive in these cycles of life. Like the week is a great cycle, right? I build things into my Monday my Tuesday, my Wednesday. There's something about Saturday and Sunday uh, that I love. I love the cycle of the week. It works for me. Uh, And I I don't know if you are like that, but I am like that. Uh, I love systems. And the other day, I, uh, I had to take some time off. Went, I had a little bit of surgery. And I, you know, when you have surgery, you have to have this period of recovery. And uh, I, I found that for a couple of days, I was good. Right, like I was in bed, I was, I, was, I was doing some reading, I was watching some movies, binge watched the whole five Mission Impossible movies, which was a great waste of my life, really, if we're being honest. Uh, great, great kind of just uh, entertainment, but uh, no real purpose to it. And the truth is that by the fourth day, the fifth day, I was getting, uh, the, I, I don't know the, the way to describe it other than like I was antsy. I was just, I was unsettled. I was frustrated. Uh, my chickens got out of their pen they were in my garden I'm getting angry at the chickens like as if that's going to make any difference at all to the chickens or to me Uh, uh, but I'm getting angry at the chickens I'm like just uh, just, uh, uh, around the house and I'm just touching pushing stuff and I'm like I was just I was so frustrated and angsty and purposeless and and not feeling like I was achieving anything or doing anything and I don't know about you, but when cycles break down for me, it's not great, right? Uh, and some of you are like, oh, that doesn't sound like you'd enjoy a holiday. I love holidays. Holidays have purpose. Uh, I know why I'm going on a holiday. What I don't like is when I have, I have a, a, a time where the cycle breaks down uh, and I feel purposeless, right? And so what I have discovered is that those sorts of cycles are good for me. They help me feel like I'm achieving purpose, that I am, that I am uh, uh, having sense of, a sense of satisfaction and achievement in, in my life. But not all cycles are good. Not all cycles in our life are, are, are beneficial. And, and what we find in Scripture today, as we read this story about this woman, what we find is she is stuck in a cycle that is not good. Right? She is not stuck in a cycle of finding purpose and value and achievement in her life. She is stuck in a cycle of satisfying a need in all the wrong places. Right? Like she is consistently going to bad relationships to try to satisfy the need that she has in her soul that we have learned over the last few weeks is really only satisfied in knowing Jesus and having an, a, a genuine, real connection with Him. And, and so what we read is she's like, yep, 
I've had five husbands. The man I'm with now is not my husband. There has been this ongoing cycle of this man uh, didn't satisfy and, and, and that relationship broke down. And so then she moved on to another one and that relationship broke down. And she moved on to another one and that relationship broke down. And there, what we see in Scripture is this cycle and this pattern that she is trapped in. And what she needs is someone to break into that cycle. And, and pull her out. And, and the, the, the surface story that we read is exactly that. Jesus positions himself to break into her life and, 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 and pull her out of that cycle that was not helpful and not beneficial and, and, and ultimately saving her from a situation and a lifestyle and a pattern and a cycle that wasn't good. And, and ultimately what he reveals is that he is the one who is able to provide for us the true satisfaction that we are craving. But the reality is, I have found personally that it is so easy in life to slip into a response to God only out of need. I don't know, I don't know if you can relate to this. Um, sometimes it's easy uh, for, you know, for me to use personal examples. Um, but... What I have discovered in my life is I have a propensity, maybe it's because I like cycles and systems, but I have a propensity to uh, construct my approach to God in, in, in a cycle of need. So uh, I think that all of us, uh, we're human, uh, and, and, and in our humanness, we, we have certain things that, that we would like uh, maybe not to be a part of, of, of our thought life or, or actions that we do or words that we say or whatever it is. It's, I think we all have these areas of like, God, I want to know your transformation in that area of my life. Or God, I want to stop doing that. I keep doing that and I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. But every time I get tired or every time I get frustrated, I seem to do that and I really don't want to. But we recognize there's a cycle of lack in our life, a cycle of need in our life. And so what I have found is that when I get into need, when I get what, uh, if we were to use uh, the, the analogy that Jesus uses about the well and him being the spring of living water, when I get uh, uh, empty in my soul, that, uh, 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 and, and we said in, in week one, it's like there's a desert in me. When I get in that place, I know that what comes out of that place is not, not things that, is, that are good. What comes out of that place is not things that represent God or His Spirit. Then it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's all sorts of other things. It's anxiety. It's, it's, it's anger. It's, it's, it's all these other uh, mindsets that I find myself operating with. And when I get in those places, I, I know I need God. And I go and I pursue Him. And I pursue Him because I need Him. And He is faithful and He is good. And so He is right there like He was with the woman at the well. He's positioned. He's right where she is going to run into Him. And so I have this need and I seek God and He's there and He satisfies me. And He fills me again with that living water. And, and, I, and you know, it, might, it, might, it might take a few days of seeking Him and finding Him that I feel like, oh, I'm back on top of those things that I was struggling with. My mind, is, I've got it back under control. And, and what I have noticed is that I go from need to satisfied to not needing. And there's a cycle that occurs because, because once I'm good, once I'm satisfied, once I have that living water bubbling inside of me, it's, it's as if I don't need to go back and, 
and interact with Jesus. But obviously what happens then is, is it runs out and I get dry and I go back into those places and in those spaces and, and, and those thoughts and those things and, and, and the cycle continues and, and it's like I need him again. And the awesome thing is that in that we see the mercy and the goodness of God, right? He's faithful. He meets us every time with what we do need. He satisfies uh, the lack in our lives when we bring it to Him, when we're like the woman and, and we tell Him the truth, God, this is real in my life and I, I need you. He responds to need. This message is not about Jesus not responding to our need. This message is about the fact that the relationship God has desired to have with humanity was never meant to end with need. It was never meant to, to just be about need. You see, what happens when we remain in, in a cycle of, of, of need is that that's the only way we know how to relate to God. And so our, our, our relational interaction with God is, is periodical at best. It's... it's, it's it's driven by when, when I need him and when I don't need him, well, I don't need him. And so my relationship with him is, is not there when I don't need him. But I go, I go looking, I go seeking when I need him. You see, if we think right back to, to the garden, to where it all began, where what we actually see is that the relationship was always meant to be about knowing and being with God. You know, it says that God created Adam and even it says he would walk and talk with them in the cool of the evening. In the garden, there was no lack. There was no need. The, the premise of their relationship at that point in time was knowing and being. It was knowing each other and being with each other. It was, it was abiding with each other. It was the essence of relationship. There was no transaction required. There was no need driven. There was no lack that, that, that prompted the pursuit. No, it was, it was love for, uh, for God, God's love for humanity. And it was just about knowing and being. You know, Jesus calls this woman on her cycle. She call, he calls her out. He's like, hey, you know what? Not to expose her. Jesus' purpose is never to expose, but he calls. He's like, hey, you know, you're in a cycle. You're in a cycle and it's not good. It's not, it's not healthy for you. But I, and I, I actually believe that the, one of the, the reasons that Jesus calls her is so that he can continue the conversation, and yes, reveal that he is the true source of satisfaction for this woman. But ultimately what he wants to do is, is, is talk to her about the fact that the relationship God wants with her is so much deeper than just one that will satisfy her need. Will it satisfy her need? Absolutely. But God is about so much more. He's about so much deeper uh, a relationship in our lives. I know this because of where the relationship, or sorry, where the conversation goes, right? Like if we continue to track this scripture, what we find is that, is, is that the woman, oh, we often do this, right? We, get, we feel like God reveals something and we're like, oh, let's talk about um, something to, uh, somewhat related, but not really dealing with uh, what's going on inside of me because it's, uh, I, I'm not really comfortable doing that. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to deflect a little bit. Um, I, I, I understand that I'm talking to some uh, prophet. This is what she says. I understand I'm talking to a prophet. So let's talk about something religious. Let's talk about God, but let's not talk about me and God. Uh, and, and I find that this is so often where we operate in our prayer life. Uh, we want to talk about godly things. We want to talk about a, a revival in the city and, 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 and uh, a healing for other people. And we want to talk about all these things. And God's like, can we talk about you and me? 
can we talk about us just for, just for a second? Like, I'm, I'm good that we want to talk about revival in the city. But what about, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about relationship. Let's talk about what's going on in that space. And I don't know that we're always comfortable doing that. And just like this woman, sometimes we deflect and she's like, goes, goes oh, well, um, let's have a religious debate about where the right place of worship is. And, and Jesus is like, you want to talk about worship? I'll talk about worship, but we're not going to talk about place. We're going to talk about heart. We're not going to talk about this mountain or that temple. We're going to talk about your heart. Because for Jesus, worship isn't an act. Worship is a posture of a heart. It's, it, 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 it's a relational thing, right? It's not an action. It's, it, it's about relationship. Because for him, every, everything is about relationship with us. And so his response to her question about, so do we worship here or there? He says, believe me, dear woman. And this is verse 21. It says, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews, out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship. Notice being a worshiper, a sincere worshiper occurs before actually what comes out of that, which is the acts of worship. And, and adore him in the realm of the spirit and the truth. The woman says, this is all so confusing. I love, I love how raw this woman is in, in her response to Jesus. Like, that is really confusing. I don't understand what it means to worship you in spirit and truth. Like, uh, can we have some people that are just willing to say, amen, I don't always understand what Jesus is saying in the Bible. Sometimes it's a little bit out there. Sometimes I don't really understand it. But what I do know is that he says that, that he is going to guide us into all truth. I know, I know that he gives us his spirit to help us on the journey of understanding and revelation. The woman said, this is all so confusing. But I, 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 know, I know this one thing. I know that the anointed one is coming. I know that there is a Messiah who is coming. I know that that's critical and that's key. And that he's going to be the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything that we need to know. And Jesus said to her, hey, you don't have to wait any longer. Maybe this is a word for some of you this morning. Whenever maybe you're listening or watching this, you, you don't need to wait any longer. You, you, if you are seeking satisfaction deeper than what you are finding in, in your everyday life, and, and, and you right now, you don't know God. You don't need to wait any longer. You can know Him right now. You can, you can ask Him to come and reveal Himself to you right now. But Jesus, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is the one you're looking for. Not just because he will satisfy your need, but actually because the relationship he wants with you is one that is so much deeper than that and has so much more to it than that. He uses, Jesus uses her question about religious function to unpack the difference between someone who brings an act of worship versus someone who is a worshiper. You see, you see, there was religious acts of worship. We go to this temple and we do this. Or we go up to this mountain and we do this. And this is the right thing to do in response to the, the, the recognition that there is a God. This is what we should do. And Jesus is like, there's those acts. But then the time actually is, is, is coming and is now here where, where I'm, I'm more concerned with, with your heart than your act. I'm more concerned with asking, are you a worshiper rather than do you worship rather than do you 
lift your hands because that's how we define worship you know we oh that's when we sing a song and we lift our hands he contrasts acts of worship with his desire for true worshipers you see he's what he's doing is actually revealing that there's this huge difference there's a huge difference between act and posture between functionality and heart. There is a huge difference between just functioning as if there's a relationship and fostering the, a heart where there is a relationship. And, and he is revealing this. He's saying, listen, worship is an outward response, right? Worship is an action. And it comes because of something that someone has done. In this context, worship is a response. And, and, and when we talk about our personal cycle of need, right? When, when we're in need and Jesus satisfies that need, no doubt we worship, right? Like you, I'm like, God, oh, thank you, God. You pulled me out of my mess again. I praise you. The act of worship as a response to what he has done. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I just believe that Jesus is drawing us into a deeper relationship with him. You see, because, because a worshiper has a heart that, 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 that comes out of and is formed in the relationship space of knowing God, right? This is what Paul says. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Not just know that He will come through. Not just know what He can do. I want to know Him. I want to know Him. And experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And, in, and that's, that's in Philippians. But then in Ephesians, he writes this. He writes, you know, when I, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. And what he's referencing, he says, when I think of the scope and wisdom of God's plan, I fall to my knees. I'm undone. And I, I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. See, true worship comes from a worshiper because a worshiper is defined by an ongoing posture set from our awareness of Him, not just the occasional act of worship. It comes from this relational response of knowing God, of actually like building a relationship with Him, not just going to Him when we need something, but, but building a, a genuine, real, authentic relationship with the God of heaven and earth. It comes, it's a relational pursuit of God that enables a revelation of His character, which leaves us constantly in awe of who He is. That is what creates in us the heart of a worshiper. It's this constant state of awe of, oh my goodness, God, you are amazing. Not because just of what you've done, which is awesome. And when I need it, it is the best unbelievable thing that God comes through. But, but when I'm a worshiper, it's because it's like I am blown away by who He is. And a worshiper develops because our knowledge of who He is develops. 
It's it, it, if the only way in which we respond to Jesus is this constant cycle of, of need, satisfaction, need, satisfaction. That's the level of knowledge that we will continue in when it comes to our relationship with God. And you know, again, I don't, I don't believe that there's anything inherently wrong with that. It is incredibly amazing that he, he is consistent and faithful. And I'm telling you, if you're in a space right now where you need him, he is coming to you. He is there. He is closer than your next breath. And he is sufficient, faithful, powerful, and able to bring satisfaction and breakthrough into your life. But I know this, his desire is not for us to stay simply in a cycle of needing, satisfying, needing, satisfying. His desire is that we would be satisfied, but that we would continue to pursue him so that we would be undone by, by the amazing, uh, incredible revelation of who he is. God, I just don't think he's looking for a habitual response in, in these crafted moments of worship, maybe on a Sunday or in your car. or He's looking for a people who will seek to know him, to pursue him, to become, to become a worshiper of, of him. Jesus, he, he gives us the invitation of salvation, of forgiveness, the, the doorway to relationship. But what he actually goes on to offer us is friendship, is family. We are, we are adopted into the family of God. We go far beyond just need and satisfaction. What is on offer here is, is a depth of knowing the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth himself. We have an invitation to a relationship with him, to know him, the one that de de designed us, created us with a purpose. We, 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 are, we have an invitation to know Him, to talk with Him, to walk with Him. You know, the road to Emmaus, it came after the cross because Jesus was showing us that there is a relational journey where He wants to unpack and reveal who He is after we have received the forgiveness that He purchased for us on the cross. Uh, the, the cross is the single greatest moment in, in all of history because what it did is it removed the barrier to the relationship that was on offer. It enabled for us once and for all to, to be able to come before God and have relationship with Him. You see, there was sin. God, the Bible defines the, the things that we do in our life that separate us from God. It defines them as sin. And sin has been an issue in humanity since, since Adam and Eve. But what Jesus did on that cross was He once and forever paid for and enabled the forgiveness of all our sin, past, present and future in our lives so that we might be able to have relationship, friendship, be adopted into the family of God. I want to know Him as my Father. I want to know Him as my friend. Scripture tells us that it is to the friends that He reveals the secrets of the kingdom. I want to, I want to know about God and His kingdom so that I might not just be satisfied in my need, but that I might be able to be an extender of His kingdom here on earth. I want to, I want to have a relationship with Jesus where my existence is, is, is about more than just me and my satisfaction of need. What happens when, when my life is going so well that I don't need God? I think maybe when we get in those spaces, we've forgotten that it was actually never meant, meant to be about just our satisfaction and our need and that cycle. It's about His kingdom. It's about knowing the God who, who, who created heaven and earth. It's about knowing Him 
and the fact that we are here to establish and expand and release and reveal His kingdom on earth. I want to tell you this morning, He is good and faithful and He will always satisfy your need. But I believe He is drawing us into a deeper, more authentic, genuine relationship with Him. So that when we craft moments in our days, in our weeks, it's not just to get satisfaction, it's not just to receive again His forgiveness that is, is ongoing, but it's actually to begin to know Him. It's actually to begin to allow Him to reveal who He is to us time and time again. I believe we'll be knowing Him for the rest of eternity. We can never unpack the fullness of who He is. There is always more. There's always more to know about God. There's always more to know about who He is, His kingdom, what He is doing, what, what He wants to do through you. But maybe this morning, you've never really heard about any of this or, or you know that, that there was a time in your life where you had a relationship with Jesus. But, but if you were honest with yourself, like the woman was where, she, where Jesus is like, yeah, you told the truth, you were honest. You're honest with yourself and with God right now. You're like, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I actually have a relationship with Him. It was great when my life was falling apart. I needed Him. But truth be told, I don't know that I have a relationship. And, and you know what? I, 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 want, I want that. I want what you're talking about. I want, I want a relationship with God. You know, Scripture tells us that, that establishing, starting that relationship is so easy. It is, it is as simple as believing in your heart and saying out with your mouth, that Jesus is who He said He is and that He did what He said He did. What does that mean? Well, it means that He is the Son of God, that He came to earth, that He died for you so that your sin could be forgiven and you had now got the opportunity to enter into a relationship with God. It's about believing that, that He is the Son of God and that He died on the cross, forgave you. And then it's about asking Him to come and begin relationship with you. And if, you, if, you, if you're like, I want to do that, I want to do that right now, then, then if you're watching this live, there is someone right now that is ready to, to pray with you and, and speak with you about what that looks like, what that decision looks like. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please, would, would you go to our website? Would you email us, contact us? There's a Jesus page on our website that lets you know all about what it means to have relationship with Him. But right now, I want to I just pray very quickly for everyone that is watching or listening to this, that this week, today, you would feel drawn into a deeper relationship with Jesus. So Heavenly Father, right now, I, I thank you that you are incredibly good. You are faithful. You satisfy every need. But God, I know that you long for more. You're drawing us right now into a place that is, is deeper. It's into a place that is about a pursuit of you, a relationship with you, to know you, to love you, to be loved by you. And so God, I want to pray for every person who is listening or watching right now, that they would sense that in their heart, that they would feel you drawing them closer to you, drawing them to know you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed that message from our pastoral team. And if you'd like to know more about C3 Church Victory, please head to our website, c3victory.org.au. Until next time, we pray you have an incredible day.